0: All right, so today we're going to go ahead and get started with our series. Okay, so I wasn't planning to do a series, but the other day when I was kind of just finalizing, going through some things, just throwing the scripture back in my heart, getting ready to pray and, and just see what, I'm, what God wants to talk to you guys about, He reminded me that this is actually turning into a series. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Heart for the Kingdom. Now look at your neighbor and say, Heart for the Kingdom. Now, heart for the kingdom is something that we need to understand and why we're living here on earth. Okay, I'm not talking about religion, okay, but I'm talking about Christianity. Because I want everyone to understand that Christianity is not a religion, okay? Now, we are categorized uh, as a religion when you go to Facebook and it says, you know, what's your religion? And there's Christianity. You know, and the world might say that's a part of a religion, but reality is we're not, Okay, we're actually a kingdom. And what defines us different from religion is that today we still, everyone say still, we still serve a living king. That's it right there. Any other religion that you can think of does not have a living God. They don't. It's probably no God at all. But we serve the king of all kings, the guy that still is living today, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so when we think of heart for the kingdom, when we think about Christianity as when we walk on earth, I want you to understand that I'm still serving a living king. I'm still serving and I'm still giving to him. I'm not doing this in vain. I'm not doing this because of tradition. I'm doing this because I am a citizen of that kingdom. See, we have a due date here on earth, but our spirit lives on forever. And when we come to Christ, we can have that assurance, okay? And so heart for the kingdom is what we're going to start with. And I want to start off with Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. And, and, and I love this because it says, He is the one we proclaim, Paul says, okay? He being Jesus, okay? He's the one we proclaim, teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully Mature, that's right, fully mature in Christ. In other words, that word mature is not just necessarily just growing up, but it's actually being more like Christ, okay? Being, it's not knowing it all, but it's saying, God, I don't know all, and I submit to your wisdom and what you want us to do. See, the core of our earthly life needs to be Jesus. When we talk about heart for the kingdom, when we talk about kingdom, a mindset, or anything about the kingdom, understand that's not something we wait for after we die. That is right now why we walk this earth. When Jesus was physically walking the earth and when you read the, the gospels, you'll see that he was bringing the kingdom of God here on earth, okay? And he was doing it through his people, through all his word and what, what he meant. And so Paul said and proclaimed, which in other words, he's saying, own it when you, when you talk to people, own it, okay? Direct your conversations that revolve around Christ, Direct them all. Everything that we do, every breath that we take, every step that we take, understand that it needs to revolve around Jesus. That's kingdom mindset. That's having a heart for the kingdom. Now, don't get this confused because I'm not saying you have to fix yourself and, all oh, my speech is this and, all oh, I'm still working on that. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, because God says rest in him and he will teach you. All right, but what I am talking about is this: that when your kingdom mindset, kingdom heart, you're yielding, and saying, "My ways are not my ways anymore. I, I crucify that to the cross. Now your ways are going to be my ways, God. Your heart's going to be my heart. Your conversation is going to be my conversation. That's having the kingdom heart in your life. Nothing you work for; something He gives you. The moment you say yes to Jesus. In Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven, it says this. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Listen to this part. Rooted and built up in him. Okay? Not in anybody else, but in Jesus. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. God's kingdom starts with roots and with foundation in Jesus. Let me explain something real quick. We just had Easter Sunday, okay, last week. We're all hyped and, and excited about it, and God is faithful, and he showed up, and people's lives were turning. I believe we had like 25 to 30 hands go up last week, and Danny and I, Pastor Danny and I, try to do everything we can just to connect with people and stay in, that, in that, um, uh, that rhythm of bringing the people to Christ. But here's the thing. It all started with Jesus The only reason why we're doing Resurrection Life Church, Iglesia Vida, the Spanish side of things, is because of Jesus and advancing his kingdom. And it starts with being rooted in him. Well, how do I get rooted in him? That's where the spirit of God comes in, and that's where the word of God comes in. See, when Jesus ascended onto heaven, understand that he left us a gift, and his name is the Holy Spirit that dwells within you guys. And so when we think of the uh, kingdom for the heart or heart for the kingdom, we have to understand it starts with being rooted, and it starts with a foundation. Who's ever seen a house be built before in the beginnings of it? You know, uh, when I moved into my uh, house about 2012, my next door lot at the time was just this little field. Some of you guys have seen that lot. Some of you guys know where I'm at exactly. And it was just Tall grass. Then Habitat for Humanity purchased that lot, and they built a house. So I actually got to see the entire process of what they did. I saw when they first stuck the shovel to the ground, and they dedicated the ground. And it was cool because they actually dedicated it to the Lord, which was really awesome. They prayed over the foundation. They were praying for the family that was going to take over that, that land right there. But then after that, I mean, that symbolizes they broke the ground. But after that, they, when they really brought, the, like, the bulldozers or the, the, the big Machinery or whatever they're called. And they started uh, digging in the ground. The first thing they did was they marked up the foundation. And they concreted the foundation. And after the foundation, that's when they started building the house. And then the house was being filled Okay, And in a sense, when we first come to Christ, we have to understand that it starts with the foundation, that we stand on the rock named Jesus Christ, and we start being rooted into that rock. We start becoming that, uh, allow the foundation of Christ to establish us, and then we will be built up, like the scripture just told us in Colossians 2. It says, rooted and built up in him. But how many times do we try to build ourselves up to do God's work, and these storms come, and we're easily blown over? And the reason that happens is because of the fact that we haven't took that first initial step, being rooted in Christ, allowing Christ to be not just Savior but Lord of our lives. See, it's easy to say, yes, I want Jesus for the moment right now. But the word says he needs to be Lord of your life. And that word Lord literally is saying your ways, no more. His ways, all the way. What he says goes. If a man and an authority said, sit down, but God told me to stand up, I'm going to stand up. Does that make sense? Because his word is the final authority in our lives. I hope that was a good example. Don't, like, disobey people or anything like that. But, but the kingdom starts with roots and the foundation in Christ. When Paul says in him, literally, what Paul is saying and he's highlighting is that you can't do this life without Jesus. You can't. It starts with Jesus. And understand, again, that Christianity is not simply just a religion, but a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom with Jesus reigning and ruling in our hearts, rooted and built in him, like a tree. I mean, we've seen those storms where we've seen how big these these roots are underground. I think for the most part, sometimes the roots are probably bigger than the tree itself. We just don't see it. And so, not every tree falls down during a storm because they're so deeply rooted into the ground. And when we're rooted in Christ, and a storm comes our way, we—he's got us—is what I'm trying to say. He's got us. In Galatians chapter four, verse nineteen, uh, it says that Christ be formed in us, and that word "formed" with the "d" it's past tense means bringing the parts together. And so when we look at the heart and the kingdom of what God is doing, and we see the people coming in left and right that are coming to Christ, Jesus literally is forming the church and bringing it to its completion. We need each other is what I'm trying to say. I need you. You need us. We all need Christ, all led by Christ is what I'm trying to get to because we are all parts of the body of Jesus Christ. There are people you guys are going to reach that I could never reach because they're in your world. And there are people in in my world, in my life, that I can reach that maybe you can't reach. But when we band together, like on a Sunday right now, or when we band together maybe on a Wednesday night during prayer time, and we just intercede for one another, watch God be in the mix of all that. And we're able now to take on a city, Holland, Michigan, right, and expand from there. That word formed is bringing parts together. Now, for example, when you have a car, you can... Who's ever seen a car maybe on, on Craigslist or you went through, uh, someone selling it, and it's like, it's pretty. It's pretty. Okay, I'm going to say it that way. It's, it's, it's the color you like. I mean, it's shiny. It all looks good. And sometimes we can get a little excited. and we're like, I want that car. I'm going to pursue everything to get in that car. But someone that's a mechanic will say, hey, have you test-drived it yet? Have you checked out the engine? Have you opened the hood up? Because if that engine's not there, it's, it's useless. Nothing's gonna happen, and I remember my dad growing up. He would say, "Hey, make sure you do that. Make sure you check the engine." Well, one time when I was 16 years old, my mom says, "You tell too many stories." <laughs> but one time when I was 16 years old, um, I had just gotten my license. Now, if, you, if something that you guys don't know about me, maybe some of you guys do, I'm a Honda guy. Okay, Honda. I'm just familiar with the car. I, I love the cars. My first um, car I had was a Honda 87 Honda Accord. I had the, I had the sunroof, I had the flip-up lights. Guys, remember the flip-up lights? I think mine winked every off. I, I don't know, but I had the flip-up lights, and I'm not really proud of this part, but Maddie would always want me to talk about it. It had three different colors on the car, but it was a Honda. I didn't care, like, it's a Honda. And I remember I was walking. Um, it was, I lived on the east side of Holland, and I remember just walking, and it was near the library, and I saw a Honda, this Honda for sale. I'm like, oh, this thing is sweet. Remind you, I'm 16, okay? Oh, this thing is so sweet. I want this. And I saw the price on it. It said $600. Oh, my mom can afford that. That's easy. First thought I had, right? Long story short, I knock on the guy's door. I'm inside. He's talking to me about this whole thing. My mom has no idea what's happening, right? And I don't have a job, okay? I'm just saying that right now. But I had high hopes that I'm going to have this car, so I sit down in it, and I'm looking at it, and I never even turned it on. i just sitting in it. I'm imagining myself just like, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, the sunroof open, my window's down, music loud. I don't do that anymore, but my music is loud and everything. I'm like, I can't wait to get this car, and I just got my license. I struck a deal with the guy. I said, I, I'll take it. Just like that. Just, like, just take it. I just hurt my hand. <laughs> I said, I, I'll take it. And he said, okay. I go, but. Hang on to it for like 24 hours. I got to go get the money. Here's my address. Here's everything. Okay. So the guy said, okay. He did. I go home. I'm excited. And I had to approach my mom. Now, I didn't tell her, mom, I bought a car. I didn't say any of that. I said, mom, you know, you kind of just butter it up. Mom, uh, so there's this car I really like. And I kind of went into that whole mode. And she said, no. No. She's like, you don't even know the engine? I'm like, oh, I didn't even check that. You haven't even tested? Yeah, I don't even know. And it's an older car. like, yeah, you're right. You know, I didn't think about that. I forgot about it. A week goes by, and guess what happens in my front door? And it's the owner of the car. And he says, hey, you know, I was waiting for your son. to. He told me to hang out for 24 hours. I have. I turned a couple of people down knowing that it was sold, Uh, you know, this whole process. And my mom's like, wait, 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 what's going on? Okay, and so the whole story came out. She calls me up front, and I'm just like, oh, man, and it was, but he, he said it's a done deal, and yeah, we could have gone back and forth, maybe have people have opinions, but the story how this went was my dad comes in the picture, and he just pays the $600, okay, and guess what they did? They told it to my house. It didn't even run. I'm not joking. It didn't even run. They told it to my house, and my mom was not happy. Let's just say that right now, Okay. My mom was not happy about it. My car sat in that driveway, okay? It sat in that driveway for about a year. I am not joking. And almost, almost every single day I would get in the driver's seat and just imagine. <laughs> yeah, this thing's going to hit the road. It's going to be awesome. I, you know, and it was, it was pretty tough. You know, I had to work for that money, You know, do things here and there. Um, but gratefully, my parents were there to help me out. But because I didn't have a working car the parts weren't working even though I liked it from the outside I wasn't making any impact on the road at all Then I met Marty I'm like, Mom, we got to get this car. I want to do my first date with her, you know, and I ended up getting going. That's just another story. Anyways, but, but, you know, a year goes by, and I finally get the, you know, my dad helps me out. We get the parts together, and I have a running car. Then I was able to hit the rubber to the road. The reason why I share that story is because when we sit and do nothing as a church, and we're just looking pretty on the outside, we're really not advancing or doing anything for the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you, church, you are needed. You are a part of that car, I guess, in a sense. And without you, someone else is compensating that. We heard that before. But we need you, church, to continue to move forward, to have that heart for the kingdom. And it doesn't mean you have to have a platform or it has to be within these four walls. But what is the spirit of God saying, I need you to do this, that you're saying that's impossible for me to do? And and he's saying right back to you, that's why I need you to do it, because you're about to do something impossible. For my glory. Where, where, where is that in our lives? Because you are a part of this kingdom. You are a citizen of this kingdom. And when you have the, the, the understanding that I am made in Christ and that you're not just someone that's just to the side because I, you know, I, I, I can't really do that. God say no, 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 that's a lie you're believing. You are here because I'm putting the parts. I'm forming the church on earth. And it's not done yet. Where are we at with that? And that could be for every area of our life. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 12, uh, it says that you may become mature Christians and may fulfill God's will for you. When we step out, when the rubber hits the road in our lives in a sense... What's happened to us is we're becoming mature in Christ as well. We're we're being completed in Christ as we continue to go forward. And God's will for us, by the way, of us doing that is to have total freedom in our lives here on earth. That you're able to walk and talk and breathe Jesus everywhere you go. Ephesians 4.14 says we are not meant to remain as children, but to grow up in every way in Jesus Christ. We're not meant to remain. Parents, where are you at? Make some noise. You love your children, right? But what if they were five forever? What if they were two forever? (laughs) I love my children, but I'm going to continue to teach and teach and teach because I know they're growing. I know they're growing. And one day when that day comes and I have to let them go, okay? I want to make sure that they're at a point where they're able just to be launched and make an impact as well. For instance, this morning, my son, okay, they're home, and I left. and I said, "Hey, hey, hey, Bubba, can you go ahead and shut the door? We have a, like a double door type of deal." I said, "Lock the front door, then lock the next door." So he did, and I and I drove off. But I looked in my mirror. I don't know why. I just do that. Just, just double check my house before I leave. And I saw the the, the second door wide open. I'm Do a Yui, legally, okay? And I went back to the house and I called him over. I like, hey, what did I what did I, what did Daddy say? And he goes looks at the door, oh, (laughs) you were so in tune with that game that you wanted to play, you forgot to listen to dad's instructions. And he got a little teary-eyed about it. And I said, no, 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 dad's not upset with you, but you need to understand that I have instructions for you because I want you to understand that this is going to protect the family as well. This helps protect the family as well. He got it, kissed him, said goodbye, went from there. Every day of our lives, God does the same thing. He gives us instructions for the day. Are we focused on over there? because I want to get to that before this, God, or are we actually going, to, actually going to listen to what God is saying in our lives, the instructions he has for us, because he understands he wants us to mature, he wants us to grow in Christ, okay? And when we find that maturity, when we understand when we're growing in that maturity in Christ, it's just you becoming more like Jesus, more like Jesus, because guess what, people, there are, there are people in your life, that don't know Jesus, and the closest they're ever going to get until that day they they meet, or when they come together, or they're introducing them, is you. You're the one. They're going to see what is different about you, and what they're seeing is the the characteristics, the nature of Christ is living in you, because how many can testify that that was all God? I mean, I've said that many times. man. I don't know what happened. That That was just Jesus right there. It's because he's manifesting himself to the world and he wants us to share that I'll read that scripture again we are not meant to remain as children but we but to grow up in every way into Christ in other words spiritual maturity is becoming like Jesus Christ because God desires sons and daughters not just creation he desires children to play and I mean think of a dad just come on children that's what he's desiring That's why he wants us to continue to grow so we can bring those in as well, too, not just creation. If there was one point of this message that I want you to get, this is it right here, okay? Growing in Christ is not automatic, okay? Growing in Jesus is not automatic. It is a growing process. God is not expecting you to flip overnight. I've had many conversations where it's one extreme to the other, and they're telling me they're doing this and doing, doing that and doing, doing this. And, 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 I, and I'm explaining to them, hey, slow down. It's okay. No, this is what the Word tells me to do. Yes, it does, but you need to grow into this. Milk before meat, okay? Crawling before walking. Walking before running. God is a Father who focus on, focuses on the growth of our spiritual life. For, for my two sons, I have a, a nine-year-old uh, son, Joshua, and then I have a two-year-old son, Jeremiah. I, I don't have the same expectations for them. I mean, I was just telling my son the other day, I said, this summer or this spring, actually, you're going outside with me to do lawn work. We're gonna, you're going to learn to cut the grass. Ah, you know, he knew it was coming. I told him since he was five. I said, one day, one day you will. Because I remember my son going out there at the age of five while I'm pushing the lawnmower and him coming right in between my legs and doing this thing, trying to, trying to push it. And he would tell me, let it go. Let it go, dad. I got it. And I said, all right. And I let it go. Okay. And he's, why did you let it go? You know, just like he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for it. But this summer he is, he's built a little bit of muscle, he's growing up. And I said, guess what, bud? You're going to work. (laughs) It's good, though, okay? And here's the thing, I would not put that expectation on my two-year-old. Why? Because I understand there's still a process for him to grow. There's still a a long way for him to build that muscle. In a sense, he's still in that milk, just being introduced to food, to solids. He's eating certain things, but he's not quite there yet to where my oldest son is, is eating, or doing but as a father I understand that I see that but that makes them no different my love does not change any I don't love this one more than this one I love them all the same no matter where they're at no matter if he's nine and cutting grass versus two and and kicking the grass you know, wherever I love, because they're my children. No matter what, and God meets us in the exact same spot. He's not expecting an overnight flip. He's expecting, hey, are you turning to me and listening to my instructions for today? Spiritual growth is a process that takes discipline. It takes a lot of discipline in our lives. In 1 Timothy chapter four verse seven, Paul writes to Timothy. He says. Spend your time and your energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. Now, I went to that same verse and I looked at other translations, and it uses the word exercise. It also uses the word training and practice. Okay, so you could say, spend your time and energy in the practice or in the training of keeping spiritually fit. See, I'm a member at Family Fitness. Two years solid, baby. Just saying. But there's a thing. okay, slow down. <laughs> she knows because you know we me and Pastor Danny, you know, anyways. All right. But there's a difference between being a member and actually going to the gym. There is, a, there is a strong difference between just being a member of the gym and then actually going to the gym. So now that I say, oh, I've been a I've been a member for two years solid, you can ask me how how many times have you gone to the gym? I walk away. No, <laughs> I haven't gone that often. You know, it's just like ah, you know, and I got to get in there. Because I'm a member doesn't mean I'm active. Paul says, spend your time and your energy in the exercise, in the training, in the practice of keeping spiritually fit. Well, what does that look to you? How, how's your here's, Ask you. Ask yourself this. How's my Bible reading going? How's my prayer in the closet going? How am my decision-making going? How's the confession of my mouth going? When a problem arises, am I running in fear or am I speaking in faith? Where am I at? That's what Paul's talking about. That's exactly what he says. So spend your time, put all your energy in the exercise and the training and the practice of keeping spiritually fit. Don't let the words of Jesus leave your mouth. Don't let the words of the God Almighty leave your heart. Listen to the trainer. His name is the Holy Spirit. He will show you every direction that you need to take in in your everyday life. That's what Paul's talking about. Claiming Christ is one thing, and it's good. Don't get me wrong. When you call on the name of Jesus, that is good. Okay? We need that. But knowing, growing, and going in Christ is the Father's desire for your life. I'll say that again. Knowing, growing, and going in Jesus Christ Is the desire of the Father. Maturing believers become disciples. Maturing believers become students of Jesus to the point where they're teaching others to follow as well. That is the kingdom. That is the heart for the kingdom right there. Church, God needs you. Christ says, I need you. I've made you with certain giftings to function for the kingdom of God. Without the people, there's no kingdom. He says, you are the kingdom of God. You are my glory. When you think you can't do it, I have made you and equipped you to do it. That's what turns heads in life. That's where the world's saying, how are are you doing that? And you could say, not my strength, but his strength. Acts 11.26 says, and for an entire year they met the church and taught, everyone say "taught," taught, considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. In other words, the teachings of God's word brought growth. It was the word that brought growth the maturity to the believers, just like a plant and water. Okay, when, you look at, when you look at the seed and when you start watering and taking and putting in the right atmosphere and do all it needs to do and add patience to it, by the way, and you water that thing and you're disciplined with watering it and you're disciplined. I'll say that again. And you're disciplined. And when someone misses it, when you tell them, hey, can you make sure you water And they did it. And you're like, hey, why didn't you, why didn't you water my plant? And you get upset about it because you understand how important it is. That is the same attitude we need to have when it comes to growing in Christ because that water for the plant is the word in our lives and his spirit in our lives and when we missed it man i'm going to get right back i'm going to continue to discipline myself are you guys still here Luke 9:23 it says Jesus said to them all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves in other words your ways your plans all that you think you know And take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, when we look at the picture of Jesus, we just, again, we celebrated Easter Sunday last week, and we remember Good Friday and what he did. When we look and we picture and we read scriptures of what Jesus did, you'll see that Jesus took marks on him and carried the cross for all mankind. He took the marks. Now, I'm going to say something, but I want you guys to hear me very closely. And I'm going to trust when I say this. I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you. Okay? This is not my opinion. This is not what I think. This is me being in obedience to what I'm about to say. Hear me closely, church. There needs to be marks in our lives that we have to bear for the kingdom of God. There needs to be marks of the disciple when we follow Jesus Christ here on earth. I am not talking about physical marks, but marks where people see something's different about you there is something different about you. It's not just attending a church. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to give because, you know, that's what I want to do and I have the money to do so. I'm not going to just do certain things and say, call myself a Christian. No, no, no. He's saying the marks need to be, I'm following Jesus Christ. I'm maturing and I'm growing in Christ so I can carry my cross. I can show people the way, the truth because of what he's shown me. And so I can connect them together so they have their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Those are the marks of of being a disciple that I'm talking about. In other words, it's saying no to your thinking, it's saying no to your ways, and it's saying yes to his word, and it's saying yes to his son. That is bearing the marks of Jesus that I'm talking about. He took the physical beating on our behalf. He stood up when we didn't stand up did you know i learned this the other day from a good good friend of mine he says and he didn't know he he doesn't even know he told me this i just overheard it he said did you know when jesus was hanging on the cross he was naked completely naked and stood in shame so we could be clothed he traded so we can be clothed and offer his glory Jesus bore it for you and those that are in your life. Church, let's stand up for Him. Let's have a heart for the kingdom so we can advance and declare and proclaim His name. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, I just thank you right now for the word that you just put in our lives, Father. The opportunities, the, the, the access that we have to you, Jesus. Lord, it is your word that ministers to us. It is your spirit that shows and reminds us. It is your son that absolutely loves us. Jesus, let these words marinate in us wherever we're at right now, Father. I have an opportunity. I know we did this earlier, guys but I still don't want to go without another invite. Look, if you need Jesus in your heart, you realize it's time to commit, and I want the Spirit of God living in me. I give him my, all of my ways, and I want to, I want to follow Christ in his way. I want him to live in me. I want to rest in the name of Jesus for all that he's already done in my life. Because it's not about what you need to do. It's about what he's already done for you. If that is you, this is, I'll give you another opportunity. Shoot your hand up right now. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. This is you saying, I want a heart for the kingdom of God. I want to be a part. I want to be a part of this car so I can make the rubber hit the road. Any other, Anybody in those invites? God bless you. This is all, This is all, really awesome. Church, we're going to do this as a family. Let's all put one hand over our hearts. And we're going to believe and support that God's going to make a transformation in these people's lives right now, the best decision you're ever going to make. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I come before you with a whole heart, surrendered heart, knowing that I can be your child. I love you, Lord. Take lead of my life. You are my Savior, and you are my Lord. Thank you for for forgiving of all my sins love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. And everyone shouts out,